This is the Ignition Show, an after-show edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to the podcast. I'm Chris Jansen, host of the Ignition Show, and today is what we call our after-show. It's a special episode where we look back at the most recent interview and pulled apart to see how the ideas have impacted us. Us, by the way, refers to my wife and business partner, Sarah, and I. We're learning too, and not only have we created this podcast to help provoke, inspire, and fuel your greatness, but we're on our own journey. We want to learn and grow as individuals and as a couple, and heck, we're human too. We have days and moments when we're crushing it, and plenty of moments when we're not. So the After Show episodes are here to help you, help you to deepen the learning, speed the implementation of the great ideas, and accelerate the route to your greatest aspirations and an extraordinary life. We're excited to be on this journey with you side-by-side moving forward with the entire Ignition Show community. We'd love to hear what stood out for you in this episode, so please go to our Facebook group, that's The Ignition Show on Facebook, and join if you haven't yet, and let us know what you heard from this episode that really impacted you. All right, it's time to ignite the spark within you. Let's get to the episode. So once again, I feel like I want to kick this one off by saying this conversation with Sahar Youssef on productivity and focus was so timely for me as we're starting to, you know, starting a new year, but you know, you and I have had a lot of conversations about how do we want this year to be different? You know, we have big goals and aspirations and I, you've heard me say that ad nauseum, I really feel like I need to do something that feels different, not just working a little bit differently, but it feels different, whether that's my environment, how I approach my days, use my devices, etc. So it was super timely for me. And uh, I think the the first thing that you know she identified and drove in was the number one thing to be more productive this year is to eliminate or reduce distractions. Right. So, what part of the distraction conversation resonated with you? Okay, so I need to make a confession before even turning on this episode to listen to it. I had set myself up in the third floor of our house, ready to multitask. So I had my pumping apparatus on, which is totally legit because I, I feel like I can mindlessly pump and listen to and be mindful listening to um, an episode. But I also had my phone out about to check Instagram as I was pressing play to this episode. So I had already not just had two things going on, but I had set myself up for three things and I got about five minutes into this episode and Sahar was talking about distractions and how we often multitask and how it's like the devil essentially is the message I got. Yep. Like, oh crap. <laughs> like I am, I am totally doing it. And, and the, the thing that woke me up is that this is not an isolated occurrence for me. I do this a lot. And I, I realize as our, as our son is approaching his, you know, could be his first word in the next several months. Like it would not surprise me if my, if his first word is focus. Cause I'm always telling him <laughs> focus. He's, he's breastfeeding and he's distracted. I'm like, focus, focus. How can I expect him to focus when I'm breastfeeding him, telling him to focus as I'm looking at my phone? True that, true that. You know, the whole conversation about distraction for me is it's a, it's a bloody simple conversation. It's a pretty obvious conversation, but, but in this day and age, we're pretty bad at it. And I don't just mean you and I, and I have this conversation all the time in workshops and it, it is such a easy, low hanging fruit, identifiable thing for everybody to say, here's a 
bad routine, bad pattern, bad habit that I have, that really, when you really stop and analyze it, it's completely unnecessary in those moments. Yeah. And you know what? Um, when you, when I heard you tell Sahara that we often go out for dinner without our phones, my first thought was, well, that's not completely true. I almost always take my phone out of security. You know, just being a female, that's just my, my default mode is always have my phone for security, but we rarely take it out like yes. ever. And in fact, when we go out for dinner with other people, if someone else takes it out, it kind of bothers me. It bothers you a lot. It bothers me a lot. Sometimes I'll even say something about it. In a snarky way. Maybe. <laughs> but we digress. <laughs> um, but what it made me realize is that I don't take out my phone when I'm with you or other people out of respect for you and those other people. I want to be present for you. But I... I'm rarely alone with my own thoughts. If I go out on my own, I'm horrible at it. Mm. I am always, I'm the first one to take out my phone. If I'm sitting at a table alone, first one to take out my phone and just like cruise Instagram and Facebook and email. So why am I not respecting myself mm. and my own time and my own thoughts the way I respect other people? Why do you think you're not? Oh, should I lie down on a couch? <laughs> no, no I, I don't know. I think it's um, one, I haven't given it that, that, thought I see other people do it to me and I'm like oh that's I don't like it so I won't do it to other people but I've never really stopped to think about how what a disservice I'm doing to myself by taking out my phone and if I might offer up because I know we've talked about this a lot in the last couple of weeks is I know one of your um, main um, emphasis priorities for this year intentions this year is to is to be clearer on what you want to get done this week to kind of take back your own agenda for your days in your life and everything else and yeah. the projects you want to move forward on. And, and, and just kind of giving people a background on that. So leading up to new year's every year, you and I reflect on the year past and we also set our goals for the year forward. And upon reflection, I realized that a lot of last year I was in reactive mode. Yeah. I think we both were, yeah, but absolutely. specifically um, for me personally, I realized that a lot of it had to do with, not having a plan or or an objective for the week and therefore other people's goals or needs superseded my own yes and i i realized at the end of this year when we did this exercise that that is definitely something that i need to change moving forward yeah. and a lot of that is taking time at the beginning of each week to reflect on what do i need this week what do i want to have happen this week and whether it's a meditation i do separate meditations every morning. Um, but I realized that I need to be better at the, as Sahara said, the, I forget how she, she phrased it, but the daily meditations, the, the, in the moment, the integrated mindfulness. Thank you. Integrated mindfulness, being in the Starbucks line and focusing on the cup on, on the display stand versus just thinking I need to only meditate or only be mindful during those 20 minutes in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in looping back to what I was saying there is, um, I say it to you also because I've experienced it myself that when I don't have clarity on my priorities or my plan or my goals or projects, I need to get, it's very easy to go to something else that's going to stimulate us in the moment. Something's going to grab our attention because it feels, feels good. We get a hit of dopamine and other brain chemicals but it doesn't really serve us in the long run. And so I, I say that to you, that might have been part of it, why you say that you're so bad when you were on your own, is maybe because in the past year you've 
got into the habit of not having clarity on what you need to do. Absolutely. And, um, and, um, I hear that a lot in the workshops that I've done and I've experienced it myself. And in fact, one of the, one of the things that really, I think maybe early last year that was a, um, just one of those little aha moments, I suppose, is I would find myself, um, wasting time doing things on the device, whatever it might be. It could be in the house, could be out, out at the cafe, could be in my office. And, um, the distinction was that when I kind of broke out of that trance of just dabbling in nothing and actually got back, looked at, looked at, literally looked at my plan or what I intended to do this week, the distinction for me was that, and what I said to myself was, if I ever feel like I have nothing to do, like in a good way, like, mm. oh, I'm free, I have nothing, like, I've gotten everything done. If I ever feel like I've got nothing to do, that means I need to go back to my plan because there's clearly something I need to, need to get done. Right. Because I've got a pretty full life. We both do. And so um, it was a, it was by, by having that point of clarity that if I ever feel like I'm, I've got, I can just like lay low and do nothing intentionally, that's a sign that I'm disconnecting from my plan. Or as I think of, you know, oftentimes I have a to-do list of things I need to get done during the week, but I feel like I should almost make a to-do list of not things I, I need to do, but I could do if I do have that downtime. Yes. You know, when our little one naps, instead of going on Instagram immediately, I could read the book that I've been telling you I want to read yes. or have a 20-minute nap, like have intentional downtime. And when you and Sahar were talking about true breaks versus fake breaks, that was another wake-up call. Can I just say this whole episode was a big wake-up call for me in mm. a lot of ways? Um, but I take a lot of fake breaks during the day, like a lot of fake breaks. For example? Instagram right. is a lot of fake breaks. And when I'm done, when I'm done looking, when I get bored of looking at my friends or people that I follow and that I immediately go to the search, I'm like, what's happening in the world? And I'll just, I will lose not just minutes, but like tens of minutes or an mm. hour looking at mindless distractions that make me feel more connected to the world, but are really just drama. Yeah, and you know when um, that whole phrase "fake breaks" is um, uh, kind of new to me, but it, but it, it came out of many conversations I've had with clients that I've worked with in, in corporate setting, where we're doing some training and getting them to, to better manage their energy. And a big part of managing your energy is to recharge during the day, as we discussed. But when I check in with people after you know we go take them through the workshop, check in with them a couple of weeks later, and follow up over months. It, it really struck me how many times people say they're doing the tactic that we've talked about or the science would say works, but they're not doing it fully. So they're going to go, they're going to get away from their desk. They're going to go out for lunch with friends and colleagues, but the entire lunch they're on their phone emailing back to people at the office on things they got to do. Right. Or they are going to the gym and I've been going to the gym lately here and it, it, doesn't shock me almost, uh, well, it does just kind of shock me. It almost saddens me how many people I see like on their phone watching YouTube videos and scrolling Facebook while they're sitting on a machine between reps. And then they're sitting there for three or four or five minutes. And they're like, oh, I guess I should get back to my workout. But completely wasting time. So this whole idea of uh, the, the key distinction that Yusef brought to the conversation for me, even though I've been talking about this whole idea of breaks and renewal for, dec for a decade now, the whole idea is you need to allow the brain to replenish is where the true break comes from. So it's not if most of your workday is processing information or consuming information, whether that's emails or reports or PowerPoints or Excel spreadsheets. 
the real replenishment of the brain is when your brain is not thinking about information. It's the casual water cooler conversation or around the house. What I often say is what gives me a break is doing, doing some sort of chore, throwing the laundry in or washing dishes or getting a glass of water or putting in the kettle. Or if sometimes I'll, uh, when the weather's decent enough, I'll go outside and go for a walk around the block and not bring my phone or anything, just go for a walk. And uh, as I said in the episode, having shared this information, had this conversation with literally 10,000 people, um, I know that the anecdotes are absolutely clear. They support the science that it makes a difference in terms of focus and energy and overall well-being and de-stressing and everything else. When you go for a walk without your phone, does it make you feel uncomfortable? You know, initially it might because there's a, it's like almost like breaking that addiction habit, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. But once I get down there, I'll immediately click into either some, do some breathing or uh, some breathing techniques to kind of again, calm my body or wake up my body, whatever I need. Or um, sometimes I'll just go into a little bit of gratitude for our neighborhood, for the trees, for the be- beautiful warm weather or beautiful cold weather the other morning. Um, and I'll walk with a bit of vigor after I start doing that. Kind of like it takes a moment to unwind from being at a desk in the office. Um, but it absolutely makes a difference. And I come back ready to take on the next few hours. That's great. What was the biggest distinction from you or for you from, from this episode? Well, I think the, I think that was one, allowing the brain to replenish versus taking on more information um, and the great science behind it. I think the other thing that uh, you mentioned, it, the integrated mindfulness, the, the way that you can not putting, um, uh, what you said was not putting meditation on a pedestal. And I've wanted to meditate more because I, I do believe in it. I, I do, I'm challenged at time of finding when during the day to do that. But the fact that she kind of validated for me that it has this, it has a positive effect if you can find moments to do it. Right. Um, I think the Starbucks is a great example. When you're in line anywhere, what, what do people do when they're in line now? They grab up their phone and consume information. Um, but it, you can do that anywhere. You can do that while you're walking and while you're moving down the street. Um, so that was a big one for me that I, I've, I have dabbled in before. But I'd like to be more intentional about that when I am in the line. I, I, actually, being in a line is a good positive trigger mm. to say, okay, what can I focus? How can I build my focus here? Right. Rather than going to mindless, mindless social media or whatever the case may be. Um, and then the other one was the um, the uh, you know her second element that she talked about the key insights and the research that she did is that not our not all hours of the day are created equal. And being clear when you're at your best, and the point that really jumped out at me was this: the research that showed people are five times of more ROI on their productivity, five times more done during their peak hours. That was shocking, or, or, yeah, it was shocking for me that it, to that extent, because I know that different times of my life, or depending on my routine, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm strictly a night owl or strictly a morning person. In my teens, I was more of a night owl. And I actually did feel more productive in the afternoon and in evenings. Now in my life, I'm much more of a morning person. But I didn't know it was to that extent of, of us being more productive during those peak hours. And I loved her anecdote about the evolution of why that is, why some of us are night owls and some of us are, mm. are early birds in terms of, um, you know, when we were in this, these tribal states, some people would have to stay up late and, and protect the tribe. Like, oh, that totally makes sense. Mm. That was brilliant. Yeah, that, the, the five times ROI, um, it certainly made me think, oh, it makes me think a couple things. One is um, 
I think people would be shocked. I think I would be shocked if there was a you know security camera, a little CCTV monitoring me every single day. Yeah. And from a from a view of productivity, what am I actually doing? Um, a tip I got from someone years ago, and I've I've shared this with some clients, and they all remark how remarkable it is. Is one of the biggest productivity um, self awareness things is literally you set a timer every ten minutes the timer goes off and you just make a note. What have you been doing for the last 10 minutes? And it is remarkable how that either shines the spotlight on how you've just pooched away the last 10 <laughs> minutes or it actually amp, kind of amps you up or like really heightens your focus because you're going to have to report back to yourself in 10 minutes. And wow. you don't need to do this all day long. That, that would be probably interrupt, uh, interrupt your productivity. But if you just did it for an hour, six times, and you're only taking like literally probably – 10 seconds every 10 minutes to right. jot down on bullet points. And then you look back and say, wow, like here's some patterns that are showing up for me. And it's, it's remarkable. The, so the five times ROI, it doesn't shock me as much as it does perhaps you. Cause when I think about it, because I think that if you compare those, those times, those hours of the day where you are, you know, you're not like a machine, like attacking your day, but you're engaged in what you're doing. You're looking forward to what you're doing. You're banging out some emails or you're doing the research. You're totally in flow. Compare that to when you're not in flow and it's multitasking or it's dabbling or you're delaying. I think one of the, one of the, uh, also the, um, uh, what's the phrase I want to find? Um, the uncomfortable exercises for self-awareness is go look at your browser history. Go look at, go into your and Safari. And even as you're your saying Firefox. this, I'm cringing. <laughs> I'm literally cringing. <laughs> go into your browser, uh, your Safari, your Firefox, or whatever it is, uh, your Chrome, whatever you use, and look at every single website that you have spent time on today and yesterday and the day before. And for many of us, you'll be, uh, it'll be uncomfortable to admit that you were trolling through all those websites and taking, finding links that jumped to other links that jumped to other links. And you're like, wow, what if I took that hour that I spent doing that and then put it into one of my projects? I'm How thinking of a time it? where um, I wanted to show you something that I'd seen earlier in the day and you were right beside me and I'm like, oh, I'll have to go into my browser history to find it. And to actually show you or to have, have that visible to you, I just, I, I was so embarrassed. <laughs> Of what I actually look look at during the day, you know, um, yeah. So maybe what we need to do is because we are getting into the rhythm of sharing our planned weeks on a Sunday. Yes, because that's both a emphasis for us. That was our both of us. That was our one thing this year. Our one thing that if we did plan our weeks would make everything else easier or unnecessary. And maybe we need to build on that conversation. It's not just what we need to do this week, but what's going to be the one or two things we have, want to be more intentional around mm. to be more productive this week. Right. And I think the other thing I just balance out this conversation with for ourselves and for the listener is that, because you, you alluded to this a bit earlier, was a key part of being productive is the, the replenishing the brain. And for me, those are things that absolutely should be on the to-do list, mm. should be on the plan for the week. They're planning in downtime. The to-do list is take a nap. The to-do list is go for a walk or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, this was the first week you and I did it together as our new routine. And I say that in, in quotes because we are trying out a new routine for the year. And 
that was one of the things is I started looking at my week and I'm like, okay, I need to take some of this stuff out because I need more renewal time. Mm. I need downtime. I can't, I can't be booking myself solid because I know that I can't handle it. My body and my mind can't handle it. So I would love that. And I think from my end, I need to, as you said, not just put it in, in terms of time, but actually have a list of things that I want to, I want to enjoy this week, not to do, but to enjoy this week. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like in our conversation just now, I've, had some confessions. I've had Open some. The I've had some wake up calls while listening to this episode, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. I would love to hear if if you listened to this episode and you were like, you know what, I really need to shake things up, or I need to do this differently, or maybe I have been doing this too much, or I'm slightly embarrassed that I've been doing this too much. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear that I'm not the only one. So. Send us a note on Facebook, email us, go to our website, send us a voice memo. Those are our favorite. And let me know that I'm not the only one who had a wake-up call during this episode. Awesome. Until next time. See you then. So there you have it, our after-show edition. As always, if you like what you hear, subscribe, rate the show, or leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We actually read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website and respond to as many people as we can. We especially love hearing your real live voice and you can leave comments and questions for us to include in future episodes as an audio message by going to theignitionshow.com slash connect. That's theignitionshow.com slash connect. We'd really love to build a community around you and your questions. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had... You're closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen. And I'm Sarah Jansen. And this is The Ignition Show.